Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this edition of Turpulence here on WMUC Sports. I am your host, Jack White, alongside my partner in crime, George Shalloway, kicking it in Potomac, Maryland. However, we are not alone. We have invited on a dynamic duo from Grand Rapids, Michigan, the twins from the north. Nicholas and Harrison Deshaun, undergraduates who have just recently graduated from Denison University, along with myself with political science and German majors. They know their stuff, but let me tell you something. They also know sports as well. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on this evening. Thank you very much, Jack. Thank you, Jack. It's great to have you. Now, George, I see you're, you're a little antsy, and I'm being sarcastic when I say that, but I know we had a busy sports weekend, and you mentioned you were in a funk let me tell people because the Michigan Maryland game was canceled. What, what are, what are your opening thoughts, George? How's that going through? Well, the last time that we were able to beat Michigan up in the big house was the only time we've beaten Michigan in 2014. And that was with a team that didn't have arguably the best player on that team, Stefan Diggs. We might not have Stefan Diggs this year either, but we had enough talent, I believe to beat a struggling Michigan team. You know, they just got, they lost again. They took another unfortunate loss to Penn State for Penn State's first one of the season last week. You had to imagine that, you know, emotions and morale was probably pretty low up in Ann Arbor. And I really thought that we could have bested them up there to put us at three and two before we played Rutgers next week. Now we'll have to, you know, focus all of our attention onto Rutgers for uh, the game next week for uh, only our second home game of the season. Crazy to think, but you know what? Yeah, I was upset. I really wanted to see this game against Michigan. It would have been nice to, you know, beat another traditional powerhouse program of the Big Ten like we were able to do against Penn State. But you know what? We'll have to just uh, outdo them on the hardwood in a couple weeks instead. That's all. Exactly. You know, there's always other sports to take down the Big Blue. They are talented on all facets of every athletic program they have there up north in Ann Arbor. But, you know, for those who don't know, a little over 20-plus people on the Maryland football personnel have tested positive for COVID-19, including head coach Mike Loxley. However, he is now back out on the field with his players during practice. But let's get these Michigan gurus involved. What do you guys think about how COVID-19 has impacted the NCAA and what they've been able to do to react on it? Well, I think it's a very – Obviously, the word unprecedented, I think, might be the most used word this year, and it's appropriate, and it describes it very well. I think the University of Michigan um, football team is following an abundance of caution with their COVID-19 protocol, and I, I, both of us are disappointed to, see, to not see the Maryland game because we were wondering if maybe a quarterback would settle on the offensive line for starting. We had, we had a starting one for three. Then the last two games we've been waffling between, it feels like four, but we've only been waffling between two. So you're wondering if maybe Harbaugh or the team itself had settled on a quarterback. And we, I think everyone in Michigan is questioning whether Harbaugh will stay a couple more seasons, whether his contract will be extended. And you make a great point there, Harrison, talking about the struggles Harbaugh has faced, not only even this season, but the last five years, you know, He's 0-5 overall against Ohio State. He really hasn't been able to break that barrier in the Big Ten yet against some of these more elite opponents that he's had to face, including Ohio State and Wisconsin and others as well. But I want to kind of get your guys' take. You know, when you think of Michigan, you think of one man, and that's Tom Brady. 
and he is the one man that has come out of Michigan and thrived in the NFL. We all know first ballot Hall of Famer. The man's a stud in every way, shape, and form. But the bottom line is, do you think that's, you know, a lack of recruitment on the Michigan Athletic to program within football, of course, or do you think that's on Harbaugh? I think it's interesting, the division between, like, Harbaugh and, in my opinion, I would say that a Harbaugh it would be hard to let him go, especially in a pandemic year with so much up in the air and especially with a lot of his senior players already announcing that they're going to kind of jump ship and go to the NFL, which has happened the past few seasons. Um, those, you know, very strong recruiting teams that he's been managed to uh, muster are kind of, you know, leaving him a little bit high and dry after two or three years. And perhaps some would say that golden time of development for a team. So I think a lot of it is just kind of missed opportunities um, for him for maybe having those extra years or extra one or two years for some of his players. Um, so maybe it's a little bit of a team, maybe it's a little bit of, you know, the call of the NFL. And I don't know if it's all on Harbaugh. You know, he's a University of Michigan uh, player and coach. That's why a lot of people in Michigan were super excited to see him because he had not only intimate knowledge of the player side, but also a lot of success from the NFL. Very insightful thoughts. Very insightful yeah. thoughts. I definitely agree with what you both have had to say. And George, I kind of want to get your take because Nicholas made a great point. And sometimes whether you're a football player, whether you're basketball, no matter what sport you're playing in the NCAA, you sometimes have that urge and that call early on in your athletic career in college to go pro. Because at the end of the day, players never want to admit it. It's about the money. There's a lot more that goes involved than the actual sport itself. I'll get, George, your take here first. Do you think if you were an athlete or if you knew someone close to you as an athlete, would that cloud your judgment a little bit? I don't think it would cloud my judgment while I'm in the season, but in the offseason, before I have to make that decision what to do, it will definitely be in the forefront of my mind. I mean, I would have to obviously make the decision with my parents and my coaches, but I think that as a fan – who watches, you know, the different games and the teams and follows them with, you know, a passion. I really enjoy watching the players develop. And if they stay all four years, all the better. But, you know, if it's a three years that you can get for them or if it's, you know, a basketball situation, one and done, I understand it. But as a fan, you always like to see them develop and get to their potential and hopefully win you either a conference or national championship. Yeah. And I, and I think that those are the, the players that, that stick around that the kids like we're, we're K through eight substitute teachers and they have the names on the back of their jerseys that they're wearing and they have their guys card. And I think it, it has to be a difficult decision. We have uh, a friend on the university of Michigan football team, Jalen Mayfield. He's made the decision next year to go pro. There was a ton and he's been very open about the entire process with his former teammates at Catholic center, which were not us. We play tennis. Um, but uh, Gucci J is, understanding that it might be time for him to want to go pro and it, a lot went into the decision he considered how this season was going to be formatted and you wonder if like going back to jack your point about how the ncaa has and ncaa has handled this did it maybe force their hand a little bit considering that they're not going to get the exact play time they wanted they're going to get a couple they're going to fewer opportunities to show their stuff and so they may want to let their previous actions speak for them now to go towards the draft. And it maybe looks like that's what um, Jalen Mayfield is going to do, but it feels just with all this uncertainty, 
Who knows, honestly? I mean, who knows? I think the Terrapins would have walked away with the big house at the win. I know. I'm serious. I mean, that's where we were at uh, last week, and I think that's would have been the case this week. Yeah. I mean, Michigan has owned the Terps for years now. It's kind of like Penn State before we beat them a few weeks back um, up in Happy Valley. Penn State overall still is 42-3 and against Maryland. Um, and so it is, believe me, it's not pretty on paper, but it sure felt good a couple Saturdays ago. I know when talking to George, he and his brother – felt very good about the win as well. But kind of going off your point there, Harrison, you, you make an interesting point uh, having that call to go to the NFL early. I think of someone like Trevor Lawrence, quarterback for the Clemson Tigers. Why wouldn't you want to stay? And this goes for all athletes, but he's just – he's a young stud at his position and is just being recruited heavily by the NFL. I, I wonder, someone like of his prestige at his position – why wouldn't you want to stay longer at an elite football program like Clemson, where you basically know you're going to the college football playoff every single year. That team, that team brings out recruits every single year consistently. You got the best players coming into Clemson wearing the orange and purple year round all the time. But the bottom line is at the end of the day, if you're Trevor Lawrence behind the scenes with your family and friends, do you ever say to yourself, like, okay, what's going on in the NFL this year? Oh, okay. So the Jets are going to get the number one pick. I don't want to play at the Jets. No, 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 no. You know why? Because they suck. They're terrible. I don't want my career to be ruined right when I get to the league. There's no way that's happening. So in your opinion, if you were an athlete, or not even if you were an athlete, if you're Trevor Lawrence – does that pop into your head? Just like what's going on? Where, where, where would I be if I decided to move? I mean, college is a great place. Yes, it is. I mean, college, I mean, we, I miss college, Jack, you miss Dennis. And I think we all of us have graduated, you know, unceremoniously from this COVID pandemic, this college. So I, if I was given another year to show my stuff and hopefully escape injury, cause I don't, I, I feel like, Sometimes the, the question of injury might be, unless you know, if my friend Jalen's on O-line, those guys get injured all the time. Um, you, you have to wonder, like, with those great positions like quarterback, like, maybe you should stick around because I think your O-line is going to do a pretty good job of protecting you, you know? I, so maybe it depends on the position. You just hope these guys have good people in their ears and it's not other things that are tempting them that aren't exactly um, – that, that aren't – other than love for the game and wanting to develop themselves as athletes. That's a great point. And George, you know, I know as a Terps fan, we've seen a fair share of guys wearing the black and gold in College Park that have left early and Stefan Diggs, Darnell Savage, DJ Moore, plenty of them that have decided to leave. I mean, were you pro that decision or, you know, are you like Harrison and Nicholas? I mean, and I, I am. College is the four best years of my life. I'm sitting down here every day in my basement. There's not a window down here. Half the time, I don't know when the freaking sun's setting, for God's sake. I'm down here basically just like, you know, scratching my eyes out, looking at a computer screen all damn day. But at the end of the day, George, I mean, would you, would you want to leave early? Well, when you mentioned, you know, some Maryland local recent legends, you know, with Stefan Diggs and, DJ Moore and Darnell Savage. Stephon Diggs in his time didn't have a true quarterback to get him the ball. He was injured and that's why he fell to the fifth round. So he was not a number, you know, a first round pick, even though he's playing like a top 
three, top two, maybe even the best wide receiver in the NFL this season. You know, I'm slightly biased, obviously. He's one of my favorite Terps of all time. But, you know, DJ Moore was the Big Ten receiver of the year uh, in 2017 before he was selected in the first round of the 2018 draft down to the Carolina Panthers. Darnell Savage, again, the uh, Green Bay Packers traded up to get him in the you know first round of the 2019 draft. So these are really good players that, you know, we're coming from Maryland teams that can get them to the league. It doesn't, you know, matter. They're playing the same competition that, you know, anyone else in the Big Ten is playing. You know, Michigan, Ohio State, everyone plays the same guys in the Big Ten East for the most part. Now, when you're talking about Trevor Lawrence, I have to disagree with you on one thing. I don't think that you decide to go to the league or not based off of who has the number one overall pick if you're Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you can look at plenty of first overall pick quarterbacks that have gone to struggling teams that have turned them around recently. I mean, you can look at, you know, Jared Goff. He took that team to the Super Bowl when he was the number one overall pick. And, you know, he went and he took him a couple years of struggling with, you know, the Rams before he developed. But now he's looking pretty good. Uh, You can look at, you know, Andrew Luck. He went to the playoffs. I mean, he didn't go to the Super Bowl, but he was a first overall pick. I mean, Alex Smith, first overall pick when he was uh, on the 49ers. He took him with Colin Kaepernick to a Super Bowl after a couple of years as, you know, Coach Harbaugh was the coach there before he went to Michigan. Well, to so I don't... your point, George, I think we're forgetting the most recent in Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. he, what he's done uh, in the desert with Arizona. I know they've scuffled the last couple of weeks, now fallen to six and five, but he's definitely placed his team in a position to make the playoffs in probably the toughest division in football in the NFC West. He has. He hasn't gotten to the playoffs yet, which is why I did not – add him to the list but he's definitely an emerging talent I couldn't agree with you more absolutely I mean and even in this year's you know quarterback rookie class Justin Herbert's been playing fantastic he might not have the wins but he's looking really good Tua and the Dolphins are playing along I know that you know last week he he missed this he missed the start for an injury but you know they're in position to make the playoffs too so again I don't think that the decision should be on what team you're going to go to when you come out to come out or not I think the decision should be based on other factors versus what team is going to select you, in my opinion. Well, it will definitely be interesting to see who the first round pick is this year. I'm sure, you know, my bet at least is on Trevor Lawrence if he decides to leave Clemson and commit to the NFL draft, but it will be interesting to see. Now transferring from the field to the hardwood, let's talk a little BTN basketball, shall we, gentlemen? Hold up one second, sir. I believe I first have to ask my Terrapin and Michigan trivia before we uh, change segments. Boom. Thank you for interrupting me. I needed you to do that. I was just thinking about it. Hit us with it. Okay, so this is a two-parter, one part for our Michigan uh, natives and our Michigan gurus to answer, and one part for our co-host, Mr. Jack White, to answer for us. Okay, you ready, guys? Yes, sir. So in the last two meetings between Maryland and Michigan in 2018 and 2019, there have been two special team touchdowns, one for each team. Last year, it was a kickoff return to start the game. And two years ago, it was also a kickoff return. Who were the Maryland and who were the Michigan players to each have the kick returns? Oh, Oh, I'll give you a hint for our Maryland one because, you know, I'll give some love to our Maryland people. He is currently in the NFL. Okay, and the Michigan helps. player is okay. still on the team. Oh, okay. Still so I'll there. give you guys a little hint. Okay. Uh, and also, you know, the Maryland kick return was in 2018. 
The Michigan one was the first play of the game last year. I just got down to my seat and Michigan takes it back. And I'm like, oh no, here we go again. Was it but at Maryland? It was at Maryland. Yes, sir. Oh. That game. Yeah. That, that, I, okay. I'm remembering that game. I was, okay. I was, I was at Michigan State, Michigan last year, the year before. The first, my freshman year was Wisconsin, Michigan. And that was a hell of a game. That, oh my, I remember that game. I remember when you guys went there. That, that game was yeah. dead, dead narrow till the very end. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so think about my question. I'll repeat it at the end before you guys give me your, your answers. And, yes, now we can move back to the hardwood. Just had to get the Terrapin trivia out there. No, thank you, sir. I appreciate you interrupting me and uh, throwing that into the mix today. So, heading to the hardwood, let's talk a little Big Ten basketball because right now, guys, the Big Ten is making it look easy against every other opponent they have fared against. Now, Maryland and Michigan – have yet to really face any premier opponents yet this season. Michigan will face UCF in their next battle up in Ann Arbor. And Maryland is now officially 4-0 and after knocking off St. Peter's today. So they rise in the Big Ten. They have yet to lose a game. They will take on George Mason, who is their next opponent next week. So it's going to be interesting to see how things fare out. And, you know, let's kind of address the Big Ten here. Maryland and Michigan, they will face off each other in the 2020 finale, we like to call it, on New Year's Eve. And browsing both teams' schedules a little bit, George, you disagreed, but I think both teams could easily be undefeated come December 31st. Now, George, I kind of want you to explain, you know, where you see a bit of a bump in the road for maybe either team. Well, I'll start off from Maryland, you know, with the game against James Madison, I expect that would be a win. Clemson, I expect that to be a win. Rutgers, I think, is going to be a dogfight. We can – I want to say eke it out. But then we have to play Wisconsin, and I think that'll be the first real time when Maryland is going to be down, and I just don't think they're going to be able to come back. I think it'll be a tough, close game, but I think that Maryland – might stumble against Wisconsin and therefore won't be undefeated by the time, you know, the two M's collide Michigan and Maryland. Yes. And I think, um, I'm trying to think is, does Michigan play Michigan state before their new year? Because if that's the case this year, uh, Michigan will not go undefeated. Certainly the Michigan state basketball team after dismantling Duke last week looks so strong. strong. They, I think will be the premier Michigan ball team, but 2020, Anything could happen happen into the new year. That's 2020 hangover. I hope that doesn't happen. Might just throw some uncertainty into the mix for the rest of the Big Ten season. Yes, indeed. That's that's a great point to make. Luckily for the both of you, Michigan actually does not play Michigan State until the new year arises. So Michigan could very well, and I have them undefeated approaching December 31st. They definitely have some humble games against NC State, UCF, Nebraska, a lot of beatable opponents on the schedule for Michigan. Now, I kind of want to dive into the fact of Michigan and Maryland basketball. Both teams are 3-0. The Big Ten is a combined 38-4. Only four losses throughout the year thus far. But again, you're looking at a a sport right now that's being plagued by COVID-19. Games are getting postponed. Games are getting canceled. Transition. How do you go about it as a player to have to also be an athlete but you're a student athlete. It's, it's not necessarily for some a priority, but at the same time, things happen at the blink of an eye. And how is it you could react that fast? 
Yeah. George, you want to take this one? Sure. Well, for starters, for both how Maryland and Michigan are going to do it, it's going to start from their new leaders. Both teams are missing uh, two seniors, well, not seniors, but two people that left the team. For uh, Michigan, it was, you know, senior Xavier Simpson and senior John Teske, both their point guard and their big man left. And for Maryland, you know, they lose Sticks, who was a sophomore, their big man, and senior Anthony Cowan. So you don't have your older guys to help you get through the ins and outs of what it's like to have, you know, short memories, quick turnarounds. I mean, you know, Maryland's playing today and they're playing again tomorrow. They played, you know, St. Peter's State tomorrow. They're playing James Madison. It's very quick turnaround. Have to quick get in their film session, recover, get ready, and make the drive down to Virginia. So they have to do that quickly. They're going to have to rely on, as we've said in the past, you know, Daryl Morsell, Mr. You know, Aaron Wiggins and, and Eric Ayala. They're going to need to use them. And Michigan's going to – I mean, Michigan's also only in their second year with Coach Jawan Howard. So – He's in a. He's still in his building of his program stage, and you know, yes. Michigan last year got off to a really, really hot start in their tournament. I believe it was in the Bahamas where they had some crazy upset wins and got went from like unranked top ten very, very quickly. And you know, they still had a good season, even though it was awesome to watch Maryland beat Michigan in Xfinity Center to cut down the nets to get a share of the Big Ten lead or the Big Ten championship last year. You know, I think that Michigan is definitely up and coming. And, you know, Maryland has one of the oldest teams that Mark Turchin's ever had with some really good experience. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, the young team of Michigan and the young coach of Juwan Howard faces off against, you know, a more seasoned Maryland team later on or the last game of 2020 before we get to go into 2021. But that's, that was my thoughts. How about you, Nicholas, and you, Harrison? Well, I mean, it's kind of interesting. There are some similarities you can draw between Harbaugh and Juwan Howard. Both played ball for University of Michigan. And they have a deep knowledge of that program. And I think when you talk about Juwan Howard building a program right now, that's exactly where Harbaugh was back in 2015 when he entered. And Harbaugh made those strategic movements. We talked about him having those satellite camps around America that, that were so successful for him that the SEC coaches got jealous and lobbied against them to shut them down because they were afraid he was getting too good of recruitment classes and the kind of cemented the top five or top 10 recruiting classes the next couple of years made us think, hey, University of Michigan is now in the big boy pond for sure. And we can tackle just about anybody. And we just haven't seen it surprisingly. It seems to have evaded Harbaugh, those big wins like 0-5 versus Ohio yeah. State. Makes no sense to me as a Michigan guy. I could be biased. But you look at Juwan Howard and the way he, he started off. Potential. He has and real potential to maybe too. to maybe convert that to where I maybe the luck didn't have it for Harbaugh. I think with the program Juwan Howard might set up, being a part of that Fab Five, he's going to know what to do in the big moments of NCAA men's basketball. Indeed. It's definitely interesting. You know, George, you mentioned, you know, more of a seasoned University of Maryland squad in comparison to a young up-and-coming Michigan squad. What do you expect – out of this year's matchup, December 31st, you know, right now, uh, Wagner, you know, the star stud for Michigan, the huge guard, you know, he's averaging 8.3 rebounds a game and Isaiah Rivers, their star uh, senior guard is averaging 20 points a game. They have some experience, but it's a lot of, lot of youth that Jawan Howard implements into his scheme and he uses his bench to his advantage. What do you think Mark Turgeon and the Terps have to do to, counter that that speed and that quickness and agility Michigan comes with 
Well, I mean, it comes down to what Coach Churchin always says, you know, when you travel, you know, your offense might not travel as much. Sometimes that takes a while to get started, but your defense always has to travel. And, you know, Maryland has always been a defensive team. They have to be able to, you know, win the, you know, rebounding battle, play good defense, force turnovers without committing the turnovers, you know, go after the loose balls. If they can play the more, you know, aggressive, hustle harder, win those, you know, 50-50 kind of plays, they'll be successful. But again, I think honestly this year, if they can split it, you know, home and home win at the Xfinity Center, and if they lose up in the Chrysler Center, okay, so be it. But again, I think they should be competitive games this year that might not be as lopsided as it was last year against uh, Michigan the last game of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of creativity off the Michigan bench, for sure, like you said. And it's just going to be – I think it's just going to be a great game to watch, honestly. Maybe a good end of the year to 2020, at least some saving grace. Certainly, and I mean, across the board for Michigan basketball, we have also Michigan State, as we mentioned earlier, that also is just succeeding beyond – wild expectations i mean a lot of people from our high school um i'm catholic from catholic central are on that starting lineup for michigan, michigan state. state and it's it's just cool to see it just like Jalen mayfield on u of m you know these people you just went to high school with they committed themselves to a sport obviously school as well but you know they are really reaping the benefits of two really good um, basketball and football programs respectively yeah i mean uh shout out to michigan state uh the washington wizards actually in this year's draft drafted a fellow spartan and cassius winston oh um, yes yes point guard we're, we're, we're already we've already nicknamed him here in the district fellas we're already calling him cash winston so Ooh, okay. he's already he's already he's already made a name for himself hold definitely he'll be he'll be backing up uh nine-time mvp russell westbrook this season as he was just brought to dc and John Wall went to Houston. So a lot of moves have been made recently here in the nation's capital. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But a I can tell you oh, – I was just going to say, I can tell you, there's, there's no way I would get a Cassius Winston jersey over Russell Westbrook. It's just not happening. I'm too, too much Maryland pride to get that one. That might I'll, have to be for us. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, I don't think you'll ever see me wearing that unless he becomes, you know, the next great thing. But I still remember, you know, last year that half-court shot to – just, you know, completely, you know, go into the half with no momentum for Maryland when it was that college game day game at home. In the that, was Center. that was just awful. Paralyzing. And, you know, I had some, some glee, you know, when, you know, Cassius up in, uh, you know, up at Michigan State, up in East Lansing was, you know, banging on the floor at the, you know, Sparty center court. And you could enjoy that for the couple minutes he had it because, you know, Anthony Cowan went berserk and, you know, had his own, you know, what, eight-point run or 11-point run in the last, you know, 50 seconds of the game to, to clinch it. And, you know, that, that was awesome. So I still have – I don't have, you know, beef with Cassius Winston. You know, that was last season. Now he's in the NBA. But definitely looking more forward to seeing what, you know, Russell Westbrook can do. Let Cassius, you know – groom a little bit you know and, and the practice gym let, let's let him keep off the floor for a few for a few games well you know you mentioned you know, getting him groomed George but at the same time the personalities are so similar uh, Russell Westbrook and Cassius Winston I, I think you couldn't ask for a more you know comparable great mentor to look up to for Cash's first uh, couple seasons with Washington he's going to learn agree a lot that. at the very least he's going to learn a lot and run with it if he doesn't get a lot of playing time and ultimately uh, gets let go in free agency or gets picked up in a trade at some point. I hope he stays because depth has been a problem for Washington in the past. So we're just going to have to wait and find out. But 
Before we move on to Maryland's women's basketball, definitely want to acknowledge them a little bit here. Just wanted to give us some breaking news. This will definitely interest the Twins from Michigan. Michigan State Spartans, the number eight in the country, Michigan State Spartans, are tied at halftime to Detroit University, 35-35. to 35. Really? So an upset alert uh, down in Lansing, Michigan. Let's go Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a biased Terp fan there. All right. Well, definitely want to acknowledge, you know, the Lady Terps who came off of a massive win last night, 112 to 78 over their battle of the Beltway rival, the Towson Tigers, yeah. clicking on all cylinders, on all cylinders, doing a phenomenal job. However, the win came at a price. Freshman phenom, number two overall recruit from Baltimore, Angel Reese, went down with what was apparently a right ankle injury. She is still currently being evaluated, according to head coach Brenda Freeze, and there is yet to be a timetable set on her return. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Terps progress with that. But I got to say, boys, it was another, you know, fun night in the barn at Xfinity Center again to watch them play. I we mean, heard your broadcast, Jack, and we, that was one of the things we wanted to ask you. How is it being in a stadium? You're one of those few people who get that opportunity. I mean, it, you know, it's wild. You, you, you realize when you're there doing it, you're there to do a job. But part of that job is feeding off of the electricity the fans bring. And if you ask me, you know, you got, you got a lot of um, great fans throughout college sports, but the power five fans, there's nothing like it in particular, from my perspective, the big 10 and the sec, they, they bring so much to the table. Um, that's unimaginable. I know I was just recently introduced by George and his brother, Eric, the flash mob that uh, Maryland uh, brings to the table uh, every season um, for basketball, and I've only had the pleasure of getting to watch videos of it. Um, but that looks so, so much fun. Uh, and I know I'm sure, uh, I mean, Michigan probably does insane things as well. But being in an empty stadium where you're just with the athletes themselves, along with a few other members of the media, it, it's surreal because they're they're doing so much they can to keep it as normal as possible. Like, they're bringing out like the fire and the smoke for the starting lineups. Um, they're, they're playing like for Maryland, they're playing like pump up songs. They do that for every team. What am I saying? They're playing pump up songs at halftime and doing all these crazy things. Some of the obvious crazy things that I haven't even mentioned yet. The, the athletes, when they're taken off the court, they got to sit six feet apart from their teammates. They're not sitting next to each other, scheming and talking to each other like they would normally do. You know, when they're going off, they're elbow bumping coaches. Like, we can't touch you. We got to elbow bump you. And it, it's weird. Every player next to them has um, a, a cooler, a cooler given to them with a wow. mask and a Gatorade bottle um, and ice packs to keep the bottle cool. But it, it's just – it's not – it's very, very abnormal. And in regards to the media, having – I'm going to be honest with you. Doing it for the first time – it wasn't uncomfortable, but it was just, it was really awkward because doing it with my partner, I'm so used to being so flamboyant and so out there. And I don't get nervous about that because there's a bunch of fans, you know, overpowering me. You know, there's thousands of fans overpowering me. I can say whatever I want. Yeah. Obviously at a certain level, but it's, 
it's weird, man. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not normal to be there by yourself and just call a slam dunk and have there be no applause. You almost feel like you're talking to yourself in a mirror. It's, I mean, it truly, it truly is something else. And honestly, though, I am definitely, I have embraced this opportunity because I know, although as a country, we're on the bad side of history right now, it's history. Um, And this is something I'll be able to remember and share with my friends and family down the road. And you got to wonder what the players are thinking. You know, the crowd for some players adds so much to their motivation. You know, you look back at Big Ten football, these guys that are maybe going to the NFL or maybe playing regular season games and either on the hard court or in the stadium. They have to be thinking maybe a little bit like, what am I doing out here? How could a coach in any program replace the energy and the electricity that a Big Ten crowd and brings? Maybe, and maybe that leads to some room for errors. On, it on it has court. to. It yeah. has to. I, Absolutely. I yeah, I mean, you wouldn't believe the amount you actually hear from the benches um, that you wouldn't normally hear at a game, especially, I mean, I'm talking to, like, two Michigan fans in the big house, the <laughs> biggest stadium in the country, the second biggest in the world. Yeah. And then, you know, talking to, you know, a Terp fan where Xfinity Center is one of the loudest basketball arenas in the Big Ten. So it's it's definitely interesting what you can hear. Because, um, I mean, it, it, and you see more. Yeah, you know, I don't know if that, if that makes sense. You know, you, we've all been to games. But when you're there and there's not a lot going on, your eyes are drawn to things that you normally wouldn't see, that you normally wouldn't pay attention to. Yeah. So it's just – it's definitely interesting. I, you know, I recently – had the pleasure of getting to talk to uh, junior guard Eric Ayala for men's basketball team for the Terps. And he said two words to me that have really just sunk in um, since I talked to him a few weeks back. And he was like, unfinished business. This team has unfinished business. They were robbed last year of a big, not only of a big 10 title, but a chance to really make a deep run in the NCAA and they lost George already referenced uh, sticks and Anthony Cowan jr. Sticks was a top 10 pick in the NBA draft and Cowan has yet to be signed. I know he's talked with some teams, but he hopes to be an undrafted free agent, but unfinished business. And when I heard that, you see that you see, you can actually see that mentality and hear what the players and coaches are saying on the court which yeah. replicates and correlates to those words. Oh, absolutely. And I think all four of us feel that from, you know, last year being sent home early. I know certainly a lot of, you know, you know, D3 through D1 college athletes feel that if you're a good darn team, I mean, women's across Denison, I mean, women's, women's swimming. Yeah. I mean, National yeah, Katie Katrusis, yeah. she's going to be looking at the U.S. Olympic team and was going to go for those break smashing those records at nationals and, Unfinished business. She's in a pool right now and, and, you know, in Southern Florida trying to train with, uh, with the university down there to get herself on the women's team. But it's like so many of these athletes, even the juniors and sophomores, like, you know, people just like disappeared in their back and they're like, we got to finish this for them. We got to finish this for ourselves. We got to make sure it counts. Every second counts. There's desperation. It feels like. Well, I mean, do you guys think in your opinion, um, that seniors high school and college should get another crack at it in 2021? I know. It's, it's, I know. It's, it's a hard ball to juggle because you do have that inevitability of moving on. Or if you're a college athlete that isn't going pro, you're kind of you're you've, done. You've got your degree, and it was fantastic having your team. But unfortunately, that's that's the way it has turned out for us people of class of 2020. And I know Michigan, you know, for high school MHSAA, they just, you know, we just went under this three week shutdown, and 
Who's to say that the season will resume and it's in the final weeks of playoffs? And now the quarterfinals. Quarterfinals of football. High school, high school football. football. Catholic Central might end up playing their final in January of this year at, at Ford Field, which is just crazy to think and, about. And in Michigan, right in hockey season, which I got to tell you, just as big. Just as big, if not bigger. I was about to say, I, I'm sure I, I, when I think of hockey, I think of Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. Big time. Big time. Big time. I mean, oh, no, hockey must be insanely big. But, George, what do you think, you know, being from Maryland, uh, a big, big local sports town, do you think athletes should get another chance? I think that it just – it's an unfortunate situation, but just I don't think financially they're going to be able to, to bring them in for, you know – if you keep the scholarship players for all of, you know, the seniors last year and, you know, a whole new class, it's just too much money because you can't sell the tickets now to, you know, help – bring in for the um, athletic departments to do it for, you know, I'm talking colleges, but I think it's just unfortunate. And, you know, I wish, you know, that they were able to to figure out a way to do this. I just don't, I just don't see how they can. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what ends up going on, but I just, I don't think it's going to happen. But I mean, again, you know, look at like this year with the sports are giving everyone an extra year this year doesn't count for people's eligibility. So you might see some people sticking around for schools that are able to do it, but it just, it's unfortunate that, you know, some schools might be able to, some won't. So I expect to see a lot of, you know, graduate transfers moving around to schools that are able to afford it and are able to bring on more people into their programs. Definitely. I mean, and then you look at like pro sports training academies, like IMG Academy. Those people are probably probably making, uh, you know, getting a few more people that are like, I wasn't done and I need to be seen. So I agree. Different places. Yeah, I mean, I, I to this day, I still wonder how athletes are working around COVID to try and make themselves noticeable for recruiters, uh, NCAA recruiters. Uh, no, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting topic, and I'm I'm interested and fascinated to see how it's going to be approached in the future. But yeah. before we sign off here on Turbulence here at WMUC Sports, George, you know what to do. Repeat that question because I think I got an answer for half of it. Okay, well, you only have the Maryland half. Our Michigan insiders have the Michigan half. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so, so for the last two years, there have been two special teams touchdowns in 2018 and 2019, one in each game. Both kickoff returns for, for you know, a touchdown. Who was the Michigan kickoff returner and who was the Maryland kickoff returner? The Maryland was in 2018. The Michigan was in 2019. I'm first going to go to you, Jack, because – we want to see if you can get this and, and, you know, shrink that lead that I've got over you on some, some trivia. So who do you think was the kick returner that took it for six in the big house in 2018 for Maryland? For Maryland. Okay. Um, this is like a couple of weeks ago. I got two names in my head right now. Um, okay. Let's hear it. Okay. My first, my first, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the odds. My first name is going to be DJ Moore. Okay. Um, my second – oh, man. Whoa. You know what? No, I'm going to stick with DJ Moore. Final answer. That is, that is my final answer. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. Oh, my God. Who, who was it? He is in the NFL, but it was Ty Johnson. DJ Moore was already in the NFL at that point. It was Ty Johnson's senior year. 
Michigan just went up 3 nothing, kicked a field goal, and Ty Johnson took it back to the house for a 98-yard kick return wow. to go up 6-3. to We made the extra point. We had a 7-3 lead against Michigan after his kick return for a wow. touchdown. Oh, for Jack, six. you're I'm so like, close. Oh my you're God. so close every time, and yet every you still time. just can't seem to get it. You're so close. I'm like, you know, Sha- and- I mean, I'm like Shaq from the free throw line. I'm so close, but, you know, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm a big donut. <laughs> it was a well, good guess, though. You can move on to us that are going to be so far off. I'm going to take three guesses, Got right? This person's still on the Michigan football Yes, team. sir. And since Nico and I were in the big house once or yep. twice with this guy on special teams, um, I'm, trying to th- I'm trying to literally look back to think of what they look like from behind. Um, mm. I'm going to go, and this is just because I'm, I'm remembering names from jerseys that may have been on special teams. This would be bad. Last names only. Tracy? No. Lacey? No. Lamont? No. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It was Giles Jackson with his 97-year-old kickoff return. Literally the Wait, opening. Wait, that was, that was 20, 2019? 20, last year, yeah, 2019. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Okay. And first play of the game, takes it back to the house for a 97-yard, one yard short of Ty Johnson, so Maryland had a longer kick return. But it didn't matter. You know, that's just the way that – that was just the day that Maryland had. They went down and – you know, they ended up getting crushed, but I feel like we all watched that game, Jack. Yeah, uh, I feel like that was the game where Maryland wore their their uh, it was the homecoming game, so they wore their their uh, throwback script uh, yeah. terps yeah. on the side instead of you yeah. know the Maryland flag with the I nice think we did watch that game. Yes, we did totally. I think yeah. we did watch that game. Yeah. yeah. No, George. I mean, like this is aside the point, but man, we had a setup for the tiny ass room we had. We had a setup. We had a setup. Well, once again, I'd like to give a huge shout out to Nicholas and Harrison Deshaun for joining us this evening, taking time out of their busy Friday. And thank you all for joining us here on another edition of Turbulence. We will see you next week here on WMUC Sports.